0: Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We've got lots of storylines and happenings in the NFL world to address this evening. We've got a new crop of Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees to discuss, including a former Super Bowl champion and Tampa Bay Buccaneer. We've got training camps in full swing as all teams are ramping up in anticipation for the start of the 2021 NFL season. We'll be checking in with Joshua Cole Allen of the Pewter Report to get some of his observations from Bucks training camp specifically. We've even got the first Buccaneers preseason game to preview as Tampa will be welcoming the Cincinnati Bengals into Raymond James Stadium this upcoming Saturday night. That is August 14th, less than one week from today. Uh, so things are moving along quickly in the NFL offseason, and uh, we'll be doing our best to address these storylines tonight on the Bucks Banter podcast coming at you live on Bucks Report. We'll be doing this not only for you, but with you, as we expect plenty of input from all of our viewers this evening. Whether you're with us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, doesn't matter, hit us up in the comments and we will do our best to address any of your takes, questions, whatever it is you bring to the table. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. And as always, I am joined by my two Hall of Fame worthy co-hosts. First, we've got our savvy veteran who can play both sides of the microphone He's dynamic yet disciplined. He's slick, but he'll still catch you on the chin if you're slipping. The Charles Woodson of the Bucks Banter podcast, we have Bodan Yard. And on the (laughs) other side, and on the other side, we've got a polished technician in terms of his sarcastic wit, a guy who's more than likely going to go off script and yell Idaho at the line of scrimmage. His dad was also a quarterback. In reality, he may be more of an Eli, but for the sake of this Hall of Fame-themed introduction, we'll consider him our peyton manning yes i am talking about our very own scott capron
1: oh well thank you man that's uh Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of those things i think are just um synonyms for calling me a dick but either way i I appreciate it so thanks
2: i especially really dialed in on the player comps i really like it yeah because a lot of people go uh they look at me and they're just like
1: oh that's megatron
2: but (laughs) it's i'm much more of a charles woodson yeah, I'm glad I, you appreciate
0: that.
1: I saw oh. that. I, I was, I mean, I was assuming you were going Bo with that first intro, but then the Charles Woodson thing. I was like, I'm, Are you going with the Michigan connection? Oh. I was still holding out, but hey, we'll, we'll take it. Bo deserves it. He deserves it.
0: <laughs> For sure. I mean, you can't really be complaining. I just called you Peyton Manning of this of this uh, podcast. So, yeah. well, yeah,
1: Woodson won the Heisman. So here we go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, we are expected to be joined by Joshua Cole Allen, but he's actually out of power. Uh, at the moment and he uh-huh. said you know it's hurricane season so these things happen we're hoping we'll have him back up he's expected to join us around 7:30. we'll see if he's not able to um, then we will we will make do and find other things to discuss um, I do want to just sort of start off by acknowledging the fact that Buccaneer great uh, current general manager of the San Francisco 49ers John Lynch has officially been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Lynch joins Tony Dungy, Derek Brooks, and Warren Sapp to become the fourth member of that iconic Buccaneers team from the late 90s, early 20s, the the feared defense, the Tampa two uh, that brought Tampa its first Lombardi trophy in 2002. So he joins them in the Hall of Fame, um, which is a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, the only other thing I, I, I wanna say before, just talking a little bit more about Lynch's You know, if Rondé Barber is not the next buck to enter the hall, then I'm really going to stir shit up in Canton. I'm like, I'm talking vandalism, like defamation of ancient artifacts. Like, I don't care whatever it takes, really, uh, because that needs to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a shame
0: he's not in already.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was so funny you said that. I was just about to say, who's your next guy in now that Lynch uh, deservedly gets in there? Who would you have? Yeah, Rondé, that, that makes sense.
0: And I mean, much to the displeasure of many viewers, I, I wouldn't have said James Wilder. I would have said Rondé Barber. Still, um, but we're not talking Bucks Ring of Honor tonight. We're talking about the real thing—the Hall of Fame. John Lynch. I mean, that dude was struck fear into the eyes of opponents. Just an absolute thumper on the back end.
1: Yeah, I think his he
0: was yeah his instincts and mentality, I feel, are what really carried John Lynch to be the great player he was. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't the fastest guy in the field necessarily. Uh, but certainly fast enough. So, um, Clark Drew joins us on Facebook. Congratulations to John Lynch on your induction to the 2021 Hall of Fame, but just in a different order. He said it right. I
1: did. <laughs> John Lynch was always one of those – the guys who absolutely dismantle someone but show no emotion always really scared me. You know, what yeah. it's like, wow, do you recognize what you did? Do you just not care? Is it so routine for you just, um, you know – making someone pass out that it doesn't even elicit an emotion for you anymore. That One of those, I would throw Paul Amalu in that, uh, in that category as well. It was just so routine for those guys, but um, what a, yeah, what a career, what a great player to watch. And um, yeah, we'll see if maybe he can duplicate it as uh, as an executive here. He's doing a good job so far. That's for sure. He's done a great job. And you're right. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard, but he went to Stanford. I know it does not come up very often for those Stanford guys, so yeah, just throwing that out there. Yeah.
0: And did Ryan Fitzpatrick go to Harvard? Did I hear that somewhere?
1: He did. He did, and uh, you know, really good score on the Wonder League test. I think we're actually breaking that news. Um, it hadn't been mentioned before. Also, Richard Sherman, Stanford, and um, another one is Matthew Stafford played on the same soccer team as Clayton Kershaw. Not many people know that. Not many people know that. So wasn't it baseball? I know it was a soccer team. Oh,
0: see, I guess maybe I didn't know that. I thought it was oh, baseball.
2: Okay. I feel like they leave out the Richard uh, Sherman uh, went to Stanford part on all the stories that are coming out about him lately,
0: though.
1: Recently, yeah, yeah.
2: All of a sudden, that's forgotten. He, yeah, it's just an afterthought.
1: But when he was just a dick and not a. Like a potential criminal, then you know they still drop the Stanford thing quite a bit, but I, I, we'll wonder yeah. if they if they leave that uh, that precursor out coming up here. Yeah,
0: Keith Robbins Jr. on Facebook. What's up, guys? What's going on, Keith? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, we're we're just we're just currently praising John Lynch and his style of play. Scott, what you said about he just kind of did it. It's like because he expected to, like he just expected to hit dudes so hard in the mouth that yeah. uh, yeah. they were going to remember it. Uh, Barry Sanders today, actually, or, or over the weekend anyway, made a comment just talking about how how impactful um, John Lynch was and, and, and how he was always in your head knowing he was back there, right? You make it into the second level. Uh, yeah. It's not like you're running home free from there when you got John Lynch patrolling the back end of a defense. No, no.
2: Usually your running back thinks that's you're basically done. All the work is done once you get to the second level. But yeah, yeah John Lynch is definitely one of those guys where it's just like, He's done all of the work, so he just expects. He just expects it to happen, right? Yeah. So,
0: and you got to be a special kind of personality to fit in and be accepted right, ob- right away by Warren Sapp. Like I feel like yeah. when Sapp loves you, like you know, yeah. and how you play, like you must be one mean sob. Yeah. Um, totally.
1: No good barometer for sure. No kidding.
0: Yeah, Christopher Cole says uh, when he met Lynch at training camp one year, he said, "Dang, he's tall." So. Uh, oh. Really, doesn't are look. I did not expect well? that. Yeah. So, unless he's being sarcastic, that's very interesting. I don't know what he's like. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um,
1: Cade said, on YouTube.
0: Cade says, "You guys are ready for that first game?" Um, I don't know if you're talking the preseason game. I'm certainly ready for that Thursday nighter to kick off the NFL season versus the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about that on our last podcast. Um, but we're, we are going to talk about we're going to preview that Cincinnati game, that first preseason game a little bit. We're going to talk about it. Um, Keith Robbins comes back with a Rondé is next. And then Rice. I love that. I would love to see Simeon Rice get there. I think Rondé Barber needs to get there. Like that's the sort of thing that's keeping me up at night. Um, but, yeah, Simeon Rice, certainly we've, we've covered his when we did our pick the all-time bucks defense yeah uh we we dug into Simeon rice's production not just as a buck but even like when he was with the cardinals like he came into the league putting in work right
1: away i'd have I mean, to double check but i feel like he's borderline
0: he's right on that on, yeah but,
1: but yeah i i know he was just kind of saying what the what the order would be but yeah hey uh, more the merrier if uh if simian can get in there that'd be amazing for
0: sure. Um, and it's quite a class of Hall of Fame inductees. Awesome I mean, yeah. you got Drew Pearson, the old Cowboys receiver, and the NFL draft legend. Like, that dude is a legend to me just for yeah. when he announced that Cowboys pick in Philly. Was it in Philly or New York? I forget. I remember. Uh, I think it was Philly. I can't, can't remember was, either. But uh, that guy's a legend. Alan Fanica, we all remember Alan Fanica, the offensive guard for the Steelers. That dude was just a mean, angry dude, and a, that's what you want from your offensive guard. Um, not necessarily. You don't have to be mean, as Tristan Wirfs has proven.
1: Mm.
0: Who, who apparently, <laughs> just have who, to maul dudes, yeah. Yeah, but, and yeah. apparently Tristan Wirfs is just handling these dynamic defensive ends we have in training camp, too. I want to ask Joshua Cole-Allen about that. But, like, people yeah. are at the point where they're criticizing Shaq Barrett and JPP for not being, like, effective enough. And I think someone said today, I might have been John Ledyard, writing an article for the Pewter Report. Um, but just saying, well, no, it's just Tristan Wirfs is that
1: good. Yeah. That's, that's so promised. Like, that is, I mean, that is such a good sign. You know, what I mean? like he's going up against, the like, some of the best guys in the entire league, and he's doing that, like, all my, Just for him to take that next step, and it looks – Hey, And there's no better way than playing against the best in practice, right? I know it's a cliche, but seriously, any better way to get ready for the season, that's awesome. That's so good to hear.
0: And maybe we're not acknowledging the fact that that goes both ways. And, like, even for JPP and Shaq Barrett, maybe they're preparing the best way they can going up against a guy like that. You know what I mean? Totally.
1: Yeah. Despite his age. Their- despite yeah, age,
0: he's, If you're that good, you're that good. And Tristan Wurst yeah. is that good.
1: No kidding. And just because he's on their team doesn't mean they're not competing. Like, let's go. I don't think they want – I don't think Jack Barrett or JPP want to be want anything out there that they're not performing as well as they can, even if it is at the benefit of their own teammate. Right, like they're on the other side of the ball; it's a whole different thing. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Keith Robbins Jr. Does anyone else on that defense deserve a Hall of Fame induction? So outside of Simeon Rice being borderline, um, and obviously Rondé Barber needs to be in at, for the fifth time during the show already. I'll say. Um, no one jumps out at me as being a hall of famer from the time with that defense. I I think Simeon Rice would be on the borderline and think of how great he was. So, um, I wouldn't be shocked if
2: Simeon Rice didn't get it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Unfortunate, but that is the case. Um, and then Christopher Cole on Facebook follows up and says he doesn't look it on TV, but he is in fact tall. So that's, that's interesting. Well, I just just looked it up.
2: Uh, John Lynch, six, two.
0: Yeah! Wow. That's, Same height as
2: Jimmy Garoppolo. Like his comparables come up: Peyton Manning, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Derek Brooks. For, wow. So,
0: like, well, could have been a linebacker. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's for sure. 6'2", Wow. Like he would be a linebacker if he was playing now, don't you think? Like you need linebacker. you yeah. Need to be able to cover to some extent. Yeah. Still, well, maybe those I seem run. to be like our favorite
2: linebackers are the guys who play safety, like yeah. uh, our guy uh, JOK in Cleveland, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, whoever's watching the show right now, let us know. You th- do you think if John Lynch was in the league right now, do you think he would be employed as a linebacker or do you think he'd be a safety? Really curious to hear from uh, some of you Bucks fans who have watched his entire career. Um, I mean, a couple of the other guys, I mentioned Fanica and Pearson, obviously Calvin Johnson, um, who is, in my opinion, the best receiver I've ever watched play the game when you're talking about just talent at that position. I understand Randy Moss, and, and I, I, didn't, I watched the tail end of Jerry Rice's career, and he's a different kind of receiver, and I would never dispute his greatness in the pantheon of wide receivers in terms of production and accomplishments. However, if we are just saying the most talented wide receiver that I have ever seen with my eyes, it is Calvin Johnson, and it's not very hard for me to arrive at yeah. that conclusion.
2: That, um, makes, that makes our age show, right? That's, when I think of Calvin Johnson, I think of LeBron James, basically. Like Definitely. that's that's the comparison. So Jerry Rice is probably MJ and then Randy Moss is probably KD or something like that. And they're three unbelievable players. You could probably never touch what they're going to do to the game. But they're all great in the way that they play. And mm-hmm. but our prep, like my preference, too, is 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 for LeBron. It's for the Calvin Johnson's because it's just it's so impactful the way that yeah. he plays the game. Like the picture's been up all over Twitter. It basically looks like they're covering a punt when he lines up on the red zone. Yeah, it's on the two unbelievable. guys on him. It's insane.
0: I know. And I just, I think we've talked about it before, but just imagine him in a different situation oh with some God. other weapons around him, you know? Or yeah. if him and Barry played together, like two of the coolest players yeah. at their respective positions all time. Oh, yeah. Him and Barry Sanders happened to be in the Motor City.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I,
0: burning I, uh, oil, burning that midnight oil. Hey, boys.
1: For sure. For sure. Uh, John, just incredible unbelievable career what else can you say that like you know you guys have already said um my favorite guy to watch i mean hard to dispute rice's production and especially he's playing in a time when uh you know there's basically the wwe and you could do whatever the hell you wanted right so uh, a little bit different obviously but um just sunday's watching it's like oh you know try not to watch the lions whenever possible but you know you flip over and he just Caught a poorly thrown fade in the end zone with one hand. Like, just how many times did you see that? And not just the flash, but also just uh, uh, across the board production for his career. He was amazing. He was amazing. And, like, respect for him for uh, knowing his body and, and deciding to get out when he did. Like, you know, I selfishly would have, like, everyone would have liked to see him play more and throw up a few more you know, 1,500-yard seasons with 10 touchdowns and see where that puts him all time. But uh, good for him. And look, he's in the Hall of Fame. So was able to do that, was able to accomplish that despite the relative lack of uh, seasons and games played. So, yeah, Megatron, you're the best, and you have my heart, quite frankly. (laughs) really
2: says something about that Lions organization, right? To lose Barry Sanders and... Calvin Johnson way before they were really done or where you would expect them to be done right like best decision for them body wise and health wise and moving forward in football Um, but yeah I just I saw Calvin Johnson I think he's on the Pat McAfee show um, just talking about his time in Detroit and how he's still like it's still some unresolved issues there he still has issues with the front office or the ownership group or whoever it is that he's had an issue with in Detroit but that's still very much a real thing for them. And, yeah, it's, just, it's it's horrible to see that's the way that his legacy is kind of was defined up until this point because people obviously knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer, but just to see him put on the gold jacket is just a whole other whole nother level to that, right? So
1: The Sanders and Johnson retiring early thing just to get out of the Lions uh, organization is, like, truly as big an indictment on our franchise as they're, could be right like yeah. like not even asking for like we're just done like we're just absolutely done oh my my dog just walked in hello autumn you you want to chime in on the, on the on the calvin johnson scenario good huge fan huge fan more of a julio girl but you know fair enough should have named her miss megatron or something I, well it it made the short list but uh it got nixed uh keith robbins
0: jr on facebook with a good question he says who's your favorite guy to watch this season and because we're talking about calvin i assume he's your key through you're focusing on the wide receiver position um and that's a good question i mean for me like like two buccaneers like i'll, I'll step outside of the box but first and foremost like mike evans i think is going to have a, a big year but antonio brown is a guy i'm really anxious to see this year uh bruce arians just came out i think today and said that he looks like the AB from four to five years ago. I guess that knee procedure um, has him feeling fresh and frisky running routes on uh, these Buccaneer DBs in practice. That is a scary concept for any opposing defense to have yeah. to worry about if AB returns to that kind of form. And it, do- it would make sense. Like, it doesn't necessarily seem mm-hmm. like hyperbole. Uh, you know, I, physically, if he's healthy, I think he's still got the juice in his legs. If, if mm-hmm. you know. If, um, if he's that guy he's the best wide receiver on the team
2: like that's that's insane if you really think yeah, about yeah. that what he did in pittsburgh like that's the best that's easily and not easily because mike evans is still there chris goblin's still there but holy that that's an impossible task for a defense
0: for sure now outside of mike evans if i'm and and uh or sorry or mike evans or a b a uh, couple guys, three names, three young receivers. I'm, I'm really curious to see. I want to see Jefferson, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. See if he can continue the standard he set as a rookie last year. Yeah. Um, and then his former college teammate Jamar Chase. Anyone who's watched this knows how big of a booster I am for Jamar Chase. Uh, you you'd think you, you think I paid his tuition at LSU? Um, but that's a guy. Well, I think Don't is worry, gonna- that that got handled for him. Right. Exactly. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was making a play on the term booster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: No, oh, <laughs> touche.
0: Uh, I think Jamar Chase is going to be dynamic right away, and they got a great receiving core there. We'll see if they can keep Joey Burrow upright. And then C.D. Lamb, uh, another young receiver. We'll see if he kind of takes control of that receiving corpse and becomes the number one receiving option in in Dallas. Um, He's certainly got the talent, and um, he's a guy I was high on entering the draft. Again, we talked about that on a recent podcast, so I don't want to get into it too much. But those are some guys for me. I don't know if there's anyone else you guys have in mind who's the receiver you're most looking to – forward to watching this season
2: i i want to see another level from dk metcalf really badly i just want to see if he can just go up another level to what he did last year and then the other side of it just a vindictive part of me wants to see Devontae adams outperform what he did as well and just stick it into the packers even more to be like okay you guys you have to pay me too now too uh so yeah those would be the two ones that stick out for me
1: those are great i'm just not a huge metcalf guy I don't I don't, know what to say. I don't really have any I don't know what to say about it like he's a freak and he does these insane things yeah. but, uh, but like as a receiver is he but is he really the guy you want as your number one guy but then Seattle's offense is always kind of weird and it's scrambly and right so maybe yeah. he's perfect for that I I like him I like watching him don't get me wrong and he, like the stuff he can do is incredible but he's kind of meh for me even despite the fact that he's such a, you know, supernatural athlete. But uh, I, I totally understand where you're coming from Bo. I'll throw one out. Uh, Calvin Ridley is just so good. He's so good. And he's been productive, even on a team with Julio Jones, since he came to the league, not productive, like extremely productive. And, you know, he's going to be the number one guy there uh, in an offense that likes to throw the ball. So let's see what he can do. Um, He's, he's one of the, receivers i really want to see just to see if he can take that next step as a uh as a number one option because that's let's pay, that's a huge difference right like it it just is and um i think he has it i think he has it in him for sure yeah the uh,
0: the dk metcalf is an interesting one scott you guys are obviously on opposite ends of the spectrum i kind of see both sides in a way like my one critique that i noticed watching a lot of dk last year as great as he is um he he catches he he doesn't always catch the ball with his hands, so I kind of get what yeah. you're saying about being an athlete more than a receiver in a way. Like I'm like, why aren't you just snatching that with your with your claws, your velociraptor claws? where yeah. he let it hit his body, and that, that to me is like whatever. As long as you catch the ball, I don't really care. But it's just kind of a I
1: don't know. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I want to see but I want to see that from him, right? Like yeah,
2: he has that, yeah, to be hearing that. Idea. Yeah, he's gotta be hearing that in this offseason. Let's see those hands this year. Not just beating people off the line and, and just out sprinting people. I wanna see you actually catch the ball, run crisper roots, like do everything that a wide receiver wide receiver one does. Like take that from Tyler Lockett. Make Tyler Lockett your your complementary mm-hmm. uh, complimentary player.
0: Christopher Cole doing some uh, research for us here. I guess he, he initially said that John Lynch was moved from linebacker to strong safety when Dungey was hired, but then he said uh, Bill Walsh moved him at Stanford. So oh, wow. I, he has linebacker there history. Go. There you go. Um, and I think it was probably a good decision, whoever was in fact the one that made that call.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, of course, we got some James Wilder for the Ring of Honor conversation going on. Benny uh back in here. Yep.
1: I mean, it's hard. It's hard to leave a guy who had two touchdowns in college, out of your Ring of Honor, right? Like that's just that's just not easy. Let's go high. I'm just saying. I, I'm. These are the. Fa- I'm. If I'm any- pro James Wilder. I'm just you know was checking out his case the other day, and I know college is not uh, how we're determining these Ring of Honor inductees, but like, two touchdowns. It's really something.
0: Scott's been doing his research, Benny. He's been waiting for you this week. I have. Been, I, I <laughs> knew he was going to
1: chime in. I knew he was going to chime in with the wilder things here.
0: <laughs>
1: what other running? Are there other running
2: backs in there? Like, is work done in there yet, or what's going on? He's yeah,
0: well, like work done should definitely be in there, but no, I don't believe yeah. he is. Um, is work done still
1: building houses for everyone? Is yeah. He, he's yeah, like he the is, greatest man. human on earth.
0: Yeah, he is, and he is <laughs> yeah. the greatest human human on earth yeah
1: fantastic
0: um and then you know uh charles woodson you know aka bowden uh getting inducted i mean what more can you say about charles woodson i feel like anyone who even hates the raiders or has hated the packers like i feel like everyone respects yeah. charles woodson like there's no charles woodson haters out there at least no. i don't believe there is and if you are then like raise your hand but I don't expect to see many hands.
1: I feel like as a player and a guy, he has as uh, as universally uh, high acceptance rate as anyone that's played in the last twenty years. It, like seriously, like you said, Carl, who doesn't like Charles Woodson? Yeah, He's so fun to watch. Like so electric. Um, obviously, an unbelievable um, defender. But like, you get up and stop the run. He can get to the quarterback. He did everything in oh and. For so so many years too, right? Like to to be at that high level as a cornerback for so long, like unbelievable. Obviously, I have an incredible soft spot. He was my first um, favorite player, really. Like in, like my first yeah. favorite guy at Michigan. Uh, Desmond Howard won the Heisman in '91, but you know I was I was probably a little bit too young for that. But that '97 Michigan team, undefeated, split the national championship. He's playing both sides of the ball. He's yeah. returning kicks. He's literally almost beat Ohio State by himself. Um, and then, you know, he had the signature moment in the Rose Bowl game against uh, Ryan Leaf in Washington State. It's just he's – he's The pick, right? The, the pick. pick the end, though, or whatever. Which yeah. is so funny because I rewatched um, – because I rewatched a little bit of that game over the weekend. And um, the camera is so bad. Like you can barely see what's happening because people are standing up in the stands. And, like, it's all about that perfect – um shot from the back of the end zone which is luckily which was luckily captured and what everybody goes to and they actually show that uh show that play but the actual live thing you can barely even make out what happened but that pick was so huge and then um you know there's also something to be said about the guys who win the heisman and you know he famously beat out randy moss and peyton manning to win that heisman and then actually be that good in the nfl right like it isn't just a foregone conclusion that everything translates and look at those three guys like what uh a trio in terms of hol- like in terms of pro football acumen after doing that uh in college right like just just so impressive
0: absolutely uh so with that we have a good friend of the show in the waiting room someone bucks report followers are very familiar with i want to make sure i don't mess up this overlay which i probably will so just bear with me here folks let's see the best way we can do this
3: hey Hey
0: JCA, what's good, my man?
3: What's going on, guys? How we doing? How doing are you, well. man? I'm, good, I'm man. doing great. You know, just uh, out here, we're almost there. I mean, training camp is in full swing. We've got our preseason game in what five days now. Hey, it's the season is upon us, guys.
0: Five exactly, um, and I know you've been spending some time at training camp. I'm not sure if hey. you're if you were down there today, but I know you have been, um, and I know you're you're very in tune with everything going on. Um, You got any big – I don't want you to to ask you to unveil anything significant, (laughs) but, like, what's jumping out at you just to ask a broad question, Josh?
3: Oh, man. It's – the team – I mean, they brought back all 25 starters last year. (laughs) You know, you look at, you know, special teams, offense, defense, and you can just tell that – they're hitting the ground running this year. Like there's no halfway through the season. Tom's got to get the playbook down. The defense has got to gel a little bit, you know, find their chemistry. Th- their chemistry is found. The offense is, is clicking. I mean, they've had their their tough days and whatnot, but, I mean, look at the defense they're going up against. Arguably, a, you know, definitely a top five defense in the league. You know, best, one of the best defenses against the rush. Uh, the cornerbacks and secondary are just coming along as well as, as everyone had hoped. So they're, they're not going up against any slouches, but – you know, just the fact that you know this team looks ready to go, and unlike last year in the opener against the Saints game, where you know they still look pretty good. You know, you, you got some catches here, OJ Howard making a big catch, and Tom Brady going for the first touchdown. You know, on a running play, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it, it looks like someone needs to pray for the Cowboys right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I gotta say, pray yeah, for the Cowboys, even if you're a Bucs fan, because uh, this,
1: this is just music to Bucs fans' ears, right? right? Like that's like a lack of complacency. Like you said, Brady doesn't have to learn the playbook. We're just ready to go and it sounds like the hunger is there already. Like that Uh is exactly what you're looking for from this from this training camp from a from a defending champ, right?
3: Yeah, and they're saying all the right things. You know, last year was in last year, Antoine Winfield, I'm not even taking out my ring, you know, I'm not looking at it. I'm not gonna wear it, you know, it's it's tucked away somewhere. So, I mean, they're truly embracing the fact that last year was last year, this year is this year, and they're not focusing on anything else. I mean, you know, you look at the way that, you know, they've a lot of these players have been in Todd Bowles' system. This is their second or third year in the system, and on defense, they their ability to go out there and play. And this is something I asked the guys last year in their second season, and I asked, you know, Antoine Winfield was asked as well. You know, how do you feel going into your your second season? How do you feel going to your third season? And and the consensus is, you know, we know our roles, we know our assignments. This is going to let us uh, allow us to play freer, faster, and hopefully be able to make more turnovers, more impact plays, sacks, fumbles, etc because they're not thinking about okay, what am i doing on this play? what am i doing on that play? It's just they know what they're doing and they know the liberties they can take within the scheme as well, you know, to okay, i can over i can lean over this way a little bit more and get a pick, you know, try to get a pick this way instead of playing it safe and making sure i'm just getting the tackle. I can kind of, you know, so there's just there's going to be liberties taken, i think especially by the secondary to to Create a lot more turnovers, and oh. you're seeing it too in camp already as well. Just the different alignments they're they're using on the defensive line to get a guy like Joe Tryon involved, to get you know, J- swing JPP out in into the middle of where he's a better interior rusher, and swing, you know, what we saw in the Super Bowl Vita Vea outside, and there's just a lot of different looks and a lot of different things, and it's mostly vanilla, but they're definitely trying some different things out to see, okay, how can we can get the best five rushers on the field how can we get the best you know this on the field and you know they had one play where they had uh i think it was vita vea jpp shack barrett joe tryon and um will golston on the field at the same time oh my God. You know, with one safety well. in the back so like those some, guys are for you. you. Better, you better have a good line to get the ball out quick. That's all I gotta say. Some might I mean.
1: have to, someone might have to throw some cold water on Colin up here. Honestly, are you okay? Are you, are you like your face is turning red? It's like you're at the gown or something right now. This no, is unreal.
0: I, yeah, it's like my face goes red. It makes me feel like I'm in Tampa, even though I'm I'm in Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Josh, you you know, we all know Todd Bowles isn't a guy who's going to be complacent this year. So him having the continuity of the roster, all that's going to do is give him the comfortability to get a little more creative because that's what oh, he yeah. loves to do and it sounds like that's what's happening i mean they could they could like we haven't talked much about having the possibility of having Tryon, barrett and jpp on the field at the same time like you know what i mean like you said oh. kicking jpp inside uh, just to give a different look like yeah. damn that i definitely weird. think
3: they do that yeah i definitely think we'll see a lot of joe Tryon. i mean of course this is before preseason game and i don't want to you know preface i want to preface that before but he looks he look a real deal you know first of all up person close you know up and close he looks like a like an action figure the Guys has got muscles in all the right places he's giant he's jack you know and then you watch him play and I mean he hasn't got as many rips on one-on-ones as I'd like to see but he's winning a lot of them he's doing a, he's showing a lot of variety of moves uh, the other day on uh sedarius hutchinson he did like a spin move type deal and you know would have got to the quarterback if they could touch the quarterback of course you know it, it's hard to judge in in training camp um you know especially the edge rushers edge rushers are running backs very difficult to judge because mm-hmm. a lot of the times they're pulling but pulling up like there's been some right, would, right. You know would be sacks or you know for sure you know i mean the eye test you can tell that would be a sack but without really knowing you know because they're pulling up at the last minute they're not because you know last thing you want to do in a ba training camp practice is at the quarterback so you know they're pulling up a little bit so you're not really getting to see the full brunt, the full force of what they're doing that's why one-on-ones are really you know really good too as well uh today i was not out there but if you you know you read the training camp report that we put out um you know he blew right by C and like just just ate his lunch real quick so um and you know you heard BA the other day you know he's given problems to Tristan Wirfs he's given problems to Donovan Smith so that just it's an it's an encouraging sign And I think they'll definitely find unique ways to get him in there even more just as a sub rusher but different packages to get as you said to get all three of those rushers on the field at the same time and Anthony Nelson's actually he's looked all right he's he's had a couple wood would-be sacks and okay. he's, actually, he's actually looked better as a pass rusher and it's something that you know he said he's improved he's been working on to improve so this is his first full off season too I mean you got to think the first year he was injured the second year was taken from COVID so you know he's, he's putting some things together and it looks like he's got a firm grip on that fourth spot especially with Cam Gill and Quentin Bell missing a few days of practice over the last couple of days.
0: That's really good to hear and uh, talking about trying I mean uh, sounds like Shaq Barrett even just Decided to throw out the name Bradley Chubb from his days in Denver, being a guy that he reminds him of. I mean, that's that's big praise coming from from Shaq, right? We don't we don't mind hearing that. No kidding. Um you you talked about the secondary, and I agree that's gonna be some of the more interesting developments as this year goes on and as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Um I'm curious, like I'm hearing Mike Edwards looks like just a a, a very dynamic player out there. Um, and I know Whitehead's been was on the COVID list. I'm not sure if he was removed or activated yet, or if he's on it currently. Um, but regardless, I'm like, like between him and Jordan Whitehead, I mean, there's not that big of a difference if Edwards is playing at this level. And I'm curious what you think. How things are going to shake out? Is it going to be kind of a rotation between Edwards and Whitehead? Like, what what are your projections in terms of the safety group specifically? Obviously, Winfield's going to be on the field. Um, hmm. But
3: yeah, the safety group is is very interesting to follow because. You know, especially with the transition of Ross Cockrell being cross trained there, it is very, very deep right now. You have guys like Mike Edwards, who's your third safety, who could definitely start on another team somewhere. Um, in a normal year, if they weren't going for back-to-back championships, you might look to see a guy like that traded, or a guy like Whitehead traded in his final year of his deal, uh, just to recoup some of that assets if you're not going to resign him. But Whitehead's off off the COVID; he's been out for about a week and a half now. He's looked good. He's been a turnover machine. Guy's been delivering, you know, Whitehead hits, big hits. He's he's made a you know a bunch of interceptions so far. Um, it, it's it, the 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 positions they play are so different because. Edwards, while he can play a little bit of a strong, he's more of a free, he's more of a roamer type of guy who, you know, he's the ball hawk. And going all the way back to, to college, that's what he's been. Um, it's It will be interesting to see what they do. They definitely already have had looks with three safeties on the field um, with uh, Edwards, Whitehead, and Winfield on the, the field at the same time. So it's going to be interesting to see how they toy around and what Todd Bowles decides to do, you know, because he's got the flexibility oh. um, to, to do it. So it's you know Whitehead plays a different role but with with Devin White's ability to you know be that sideline to sideline run stuffer on the line rush the you know it kind of it it, it kind of takes away a little bit what Whitehead does cuz he's kind of more of that older school safety so maybe they'll see some packages where you have you know Devin White playing that if so facto you know uh, hybrid dime you know, safety linebacker role that we've seen some offense uh, defenses employ, and getting Edwards out there—it's you know—but I mean, even going you go back to Ross Cockrell, who's your number four cornerback, and you know, for for purposes on the on the cornerback depth chart right now, especially in camp, no one's. No one separated themselves. You know, you have the big three, got Cockrell, and who's playing the majority of safety, and no one after that. Antonio Hamilton, I guess, would be the guy that I would put there as as the fifth cornerback just because of his special teams prowess, which is what you want because you look at Ryan Smith last year was your fifth cornerback. He played two snaps all season long. So, you know, with Antonio Hamilton's special teams ability and his, you know, last year he played every, every game for the Kansas City Chiefs, including the Super Bowl as a special teamer. So that's a guy. Plus, he's been out there in the first team units. That's probably a guy who's who's bound to most likely, barring injury, barring sudden collapse, be your fifth guy. You know, you go you go to that safety position with Ross Cockrell being able to kind of play here, play there, allows you to have flexibility on game day. Even though I do think they keep four true safeties, and right now that'd be Javon Hagan was looked pretty good he started off at free safety in training camp looked pretty good now he's moved over to strong safety learning another position going back to ohio where he was undrafted out of you know he played a little bit of strong a little bit of free so you know he's getting that cross training as well as Cockrell's getting that cross training from corner to safety he's getting from free safety to strong safety they sent him on a couple blitzes had a big hit the other day against tyler johnson so that's safety cornerback position the whole secondary besides uh, the big 3 on the starters and second in the in the cornerback room and the starters in the in the safety room and then you got Ross Cockrell behind that it's it's a question mark
0: sounds like it's kind of a theme there along that defense is just versatility and interchangeability and you know being able to diversify your looks like we talked about with the front four i mean that's going on in the back end too it's just more tools to tinker with for bowls
3: absolutely absolutely I-
1: and you'd rather have more, and you know, you, you just that more prepared or that much more prepared for different offenses with all this flexibility, all these different looks they can have on defense. It, that's that's fantastic news. I mean, like, uh, like, Fox fans must be just salivating hearing that sort of thing coming out of training. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, they they did a great job at not just retaining a lot of their starters, but a lot of their depth pieces. Their depth what pieces? as well, yeah. I mean, going back and you can pull the tape from when I was back with BR. You know, I said one of the biggest signings I thought was Ross Cockrell, and that was before he's been a, the, arguably the best safety in camp as a cornerback, just because of his ability. You know, he came in last year, had a, having 42 career starts, a couple of them against the Bucks when he was with the the Panthers, including a pick six in Lo- in London on on Jameis Winston. So, you know. He's a guy who's been around the league, who's got some starts, and I think just having that type of guy there, in, you know, break cl- glass in case of emergency, you know, if Carlton Davis needs to miss a game, you have that veteran presence there. You sign him for two years, which I thought it was a great deal. I thought it was one of the best signings of the offseason. And then you cross-train him at safety. Now that's just icing on the cake. Now it just seems yeah. that much better.
1: Do Do we still count pick sixes against Jameis as a pick six? <laughs> I or think is that it's like more of a pick four, pick three? Now I, I don't know. Just for the record, but I just, just like, it, let's clear it up. You know, I think
3: like, it's just a regular interception at this. Yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, you didn't score. Um, what what <laughs> happened? So, you, know, if you
3: just throw a pick. Did they score? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Did the ref get in the way? Uh, yeah. Um, hey Josh, if we could just, uh, just want to flip over to the other side of the ball for a second. I'm I'm just fascinated by this receiving core uh, in Tampa. The guys. I mean all of them are a bit different you got Godwin Evans and Brown who almost any team in the NFL would like to have as their as their top guy what's the what's the general rapport between those three top guys and you know uh, and, and just if you could speak to the to the competitiveness and and how that all shakes out personality wise and uh and kind of what you expect from them
3: oh they're I mean they're the biggest they're the best unselfish group in the league I mean, these guys aren't going to be crying over the touches. And the, I mean, let's face it. Does Mike Evans want to get another 1,000-yard season? Of course he does. Does Chris Godwin want to get 100 receptions? Of course he does. Does AB want to prove to everybody, hey, I'm back, I'm AB, and cash in next year, whether it's with the Bucks, if Godwin goes or or if Godwin stays or if he just goes to another team and gets one big payday? Of course he does. These guys are competitive. They're hungry, but they're also team first, and they also with Tom Brady who implements that and says, hey, we're – it's about the team. Let's accomplish our team goals. And on along the way, if we can accomplish some of the individual goals or, you know, incentives, accolades, such as AB getting his 45 catches last year over mm. Ronald Jones getting his 1,000 yards, then let's get that. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. Um, but the story really, I think, is, you know, the guys who aren't going to make the team or the guys, you know, the bottom three of the roster because – Evans is in midseason form. The guy's catching everything. Carlton Davis, in my mind, is a top-ten cornerback, maybe even top-five cornerback in the league. I think he's that good. I think he's uh, – obviously, we know he's a lockdown. I could list off the name of guys that he's locked down. Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, etc. cetera, Devontae Adams, etc. cetera. Devontae Adams has six catches for 64 yards. I don't care who you are. That's a good game against Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you got – I mean – you're going up against him every day in practice and the bucks say it best iron sharpens iron so you got the best what some of the best wide receivers going against some of the best secondary and it's just making the team better as a whole you know Chris godwin is still running crisp routes all over the place antonio brown looks antonio if you heard what ba said today in his press conference he looks like he did five six years ago he's had to have this knee surgery for a while he's had it and he looks amazing out there his energy level that he brings they're just the balls that he's he's bringing in and he's catching and you know, the fact that he's getting on himself when he's not making plays as well. I was there one camp and you know, he, he missed uh he missed a he dropped the ball or it was just out of his hands or something like that. And he started yelling at himself on the sideline. I was like, oh, What are you gonna do? But he was like, you know, you, you can't waste an opportunity. You can't waste the rep out there, yelling at himself, like what are you doing? You can't waste the rep. Every rep counts, every rep matters. You know, and that just shows you this is week one of preseason. Yeah. Locked in, and he's continuing yeah. to get better and better in his relationship with Tom Brady, as we know. Go back to the Super Bowl, ran the wrong route. Tom Brady found him, anyways. Yeah. You know, the relationship is going to be something to monitor. But, you know, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, um, Jalen Darden, Jaden Mickens, Travis Johnson like, there's going to be receivers that aren't going to make this team. They're going to go somewhere else. Justin you
0: know? Watson.
3: Uh, yeah. Just to, to a lesser extent because he's on PUP right now. Um, you know, he might not. I don't know if they'll place him on IR. The fact that they didn't already tells me that they're going to keep him through the through the uh, preseason and put him keep him on the PUP list and then you know revisit maybe in like mid November, late November if they can take him off or if they need him and if the special teams prowess is something that they've been missing. Um, but yeah, I mean the list of guys you have that aren't going to make the team is is impressive itself. Yeah. Jaden Mickens has shown up as a wide receiver and every single day you know he's been making catches and making plays the other day i'm standing on on the um, in the end zone where they're walking into the locker room and, and he's talking to one of the other wide receivers and he goes man i had 11 reps on one on one on on 11 on 11s man i had 11 reps and but i had two mental errors you know and he's like yeah i i i dropped this one and you know so these are players who aren't coming off the field and, and those were 11 good uh, nine good reps too they're not focused on, hey, I made this spectacular play. I burnt this dude deep to say, man, I, I messed up those two reps. I messed up those two plays. And it just shows you, and, and I've heard that throughout the, the, you know, the players, how focused they are to getting better and making sure that they're doing the best they can. So, I mean, it, it's going it, to be hard for them to cut some of these wide receivers. Like Jaden Mickens, I think, is really on the bubble right there. If they don't keep seven wide receivers – like, he's going to get scooped up probably. So fast. Oh, oh so yeah. He's been absolutely lights out. And again, caveat, quotation marks, whatever you want to say. We haven't seen a preseason game. This is all in pads. You know, this is all without really live tackling. They did a little bit of a live tackle the other day um, down in the goal line red zone area. But, you know, I got to see it first. But so far, without pads, just going one up against, one up against, you know, they've looked really good.
2: Sure. Hey, what are you seeing from the tight end group? OJ Howard coming back from injury. Um, do you have any opinions on the tight end
3: group and what you're expecting from them this season? Uh, Gronk is Gronk. He's going to be your blocking tight end. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, he's still an amazing wide receiver too. Uh, Kim Brait just came off the PUP, so we'll get a look at him. I don't think he'll play in the preseason game. My personal opinion, I think he's going to need a little bit more time. getting in the football shape. Uh, speaking of football shape, OJ Howard a guy who needs to get into football shape still. He looks good out there catching some things, has a few drops as well. Yeah, He's clearly he's clearly recovered from his Achilles, but he's clearly not at the pace and at the speed that we're accustomed to seeing O.J. Howard. I don't think it's a lingering effect. I just think, again, it's just, you know, he spent the first week of training camp watching. The heat is brutal out there. Just yeah. getting back into football shape, running routes, getting back into the the you know the the hang of things and everything like that. I think he'll be fine. Is know, it I'm mental? Not- is it mental with OJ Howard? Do you think? Or- no, I don't think it's mental. I okay. just think it's it's just getting back into the football shape Rhythm. and everything like yeah. that. You know, it's it's it was you know a couple drops are what we've come to expect from OJ Howard. You know, and he's gonna get an earful. But you know, one thing I have noticed, and I've got my notes right here from practice, is he's been spending every day that he's been out there uh, on the jugs machine. After you know, Antoine Winston, every day on the jugs machine. Antonio Brown. Every day on the jugs machine, Travis Johnson, nice. uh, a bunch of different other players on the jugs meet machine after practice. You know, just going out there catching 100 balls, 200 balls. So it, it's something that it, it will come. I'm not worried about it. Uh, Tanner Hudson's been catching nearly everything thrown his way. He's making it really, really hard for the for the Bucks to decide if they want to keep four tight ends or not. Um, and it's one of these things where tight ends are so scarce in the league that I don't know if they cut him. He'll pass through waivers. They might have to do something like keep him and do like a wink nod deal with like someone like Steve McClendon or someone like at the bottom of the roster, like, Hey, we're going to cut you, but then we're going to bring you right back. Um, you know, it's just like a veteran like that who won't have to go through waivers just because, you know, if that's the route they want to go now, I'm not sold. They're going to keep four tight ends on the roster, but if that's the route they want to go, um, Jerrell Adams has looked pretty good. DaQuan Hampton, who was signed, and eh, he's been all right. Cody McElroy has strung together a few good practice, but he's a practice squad player. So, I mean, it's really if they want to keep four tight ends, it's down to Tanner Hudson, and then that's you know that's the game they got to play. Do they choose to waive him? Do they choose to you know do a wink nod with somebody, keep him on the roster, and then after week one when he doesn't have to go through waivers or whatnot, just mm. um, you know sneaking back on the practice squad, or did they say, hey, look, we can get a fifth round pick, fourth round, sixth round pick for this guy? Yeah. Let's move on from them now and recoup some draft assets or whatever. Because the the team we're gonna have a bunch of free agents next year. We're not getting any younger we're trying to infuse a little bit of talent in there. It's gonna be interesting.
0: If if OJ does prove to be healthy and uh, you know, like you said, I mean I'm I am i would as long as he's standing upright and trying to put the work in, I'm not gonna judge him for a bit coming off an injury like that. Like let mm. him get you know, let him get his football sense back. Mm. Um, do you think do you expect the Bucs to operate Byron Lefwich and, and Bruce Arians and whoever's calling the shots there? To operate out of a 12-man personnel a little more frequently this year? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Having, yeah.
3: Yeah, especially in the red zone, for sure. Um, you know, you look at the guys you can put out there. They had a – I'm not I'm not even sure if this is real because I'm still studying X's and O's, like diagramming plays and stuff like that. 13-man personnel, I don't know if that's real, but they had a play out there with O.J. Howard was out there, Tanner Hudson, who would most likely be in a game situation replaced by Cam Brate and Rob Gronkowski out there with Mike Evans in the red zone on the five. Like,
1: good luck.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Good luck stopping that. Giovanni Bernard out there, who, surprisingly, Giovanni Bernard is a better runner than most people think. I mean, last year, he still put up 400 yards running behind a terrible Bengals offensive line. Um, You know, still, you know, a great pass blocker, one of the best pass blockers. So if you have him, you know, you spread those guys out wide and you got, you know, the big guys running like little routes and you got Gio sitting there for a little – Wheel route dump off like uh, I mean it's just it's it's gonna be hard just if everyone's healthy everyone's clicking everything's going the way it should be it's really gonna be hard some of the matchups they can put out there for teams to stop and that's why I told you before we even started getting into this praying for the Cowboys because yeah. I I just don't see them being able to match up with some of the some of the matchups some of the 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 schemes that that, that you know Byron and BA and uh, Tom are gonna be able to come up with.
0: And I'm hoping that we see, you know, we see more play action and more pre-snap motion as well. Definitely. It sounds like I know you guys have reported, um, it was either you or John, uh, Ledyard over at Peter Report, but just discussing, you know, the amount of um, they're seeing that in training, oh, yeah. seeing more of that play calling. And I'm personally hoping that's something I was calling for along along with a lot of people who follow the Buccaneers, we're calling for a little bit more. A pre-snap movement and motion and deception to, you know, just give your guys a leg up. Don't just depend purely on them lining up and beating their guy. You got to give them an advantage as well. Um, yeah. Are you thinking that's going to, cause I mean, they, they made that adjustment last year and the results spoke for themselves around the time that left, decided to implement that more. Do you think that's something that's going to carry over this season that we're going to see um, a lot more of?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially yeah. play action. I mean, the numbers don't lie, right? I mean, you, you I mean, BA is not a huge analytics guy. But when it comes to sports science and what works, he's gonna to listen to the to the numbers, guys. And they're gonna say, hey, this percent of the time. I don't have the percentage, but I know we've got some great articles up by Jack Barrett and by Paul Atwell breaking down the numbers exactly what um, you know play action did for this and for that, or, and you know what um, you know movement pre snap movement did as well. But you know that's I mean it works. and there's no even the eye test. If you're not an expert in those guys, you can tell that it worked and. It's something that Tom Brady does a lot. You know, you have three really solid runners. Four, if you count Keyshawn Vaughn, who well, I think is going to have a, a pretty decent year this year, working on all four special teams units. So he's going to get some plays drawn up for him as well because he's going to be active on game days. Um, and, you know, it, it's just going to add a different advantage and wrinkle to this offense um, that you didn't see the first half of the season. So you know, it worked well. You want to continue making sure it work. It, it's working, and I, I definitely think. You know, from seeing it so far in training camp, they're going to implement it in different ways as well.
0: Great stuff, Josh. Like, I can't can't thank you enough. If, yeah. if I may ask you one more before yeah. we, we let you get on with your, your life.
3: I can uh, do one more from all three of you if you guys all have one.
0: Okay. Well, mine, mine, I want to kind of just focus on this first preseason game because, like you said, five days away, August 14th. What are you going to be looking for? I mean, Bruce today said that when asked, I guess, about whether we might see Tom Brady, and I expected that to be a – Hell no, but but apparently he says we're going to see everyone in this game. So, I, you know, hopefully it's just a snap or two. But what are you what are you going to be looking to take away from this game? Like, like, is it going to be position battles at certain key spots? Is it going to be a couple players?
3: Uh, I'm not looking at any of the starters. Like Tom Brady, get out of it, please. Hurry up and get out of the game. Yeah, <laughs> great to see you. Great, awesome, Mike Evans, awesome, wonderful. Good to see you. Get out of the game, please, because let me watch the special teams. I want to see who's playing on the special teams units. Who's doing their assignments right? I want to see the offensive line, defensive line. You know, let me see. Okay, you got you know your best guys on that guys. I want to see those matchups. I want to see tackling. I want to see how you know Keyshawn Vaughn does against tackling. I want to see how. The linebackers, Joe Tryon specifically, does against an offensive line. Even the cornerbacks, I want to because I feel like they've struggled. Let me see what the cornerbacks can do. Who's going to separate themselves? But it's mostly special teams. You know, they, they've got the guys that they know who are going to be on the team. You know, based off what they've done positionally. Now, you know, that's kind of figured out. You know, unless you have a monstrous, you know, disastrous game at cornerback or at this position or at that position. You know, for the most part, they've got an idea. Okay, we've seen enough of this. We've seen enough of that. We know we want this guy. Now it's on special teams. All right, go again. Improve it against. Ta- prove it against on special teams. Show your tackling ability. Make sure you're doing the right things here, right things there. You know, uh, a guy like Nick LaVrette, who has been playing all across the line, everywhere but center. Um, you know, what, how how does he do it on left tackle when it? it lights are on when it's game time you know how are are these guys gonna do and I want to see Kyle Trask too I'm interested I don't mean Kyle Trask means nothing to me this preseason like people are gonna be all up in arms like oh Kyle Trask looked like this oh Kyle Trask looked like that I don't don't care um about Kyle Trask this season he's a footnote to me he's not gonna be playing next year he's not gonna be playing this year you know sure I want to see him do well for his development but he's going to learn more in the classroom. He's going to be learning more in that joint practice game with the Tennessee Titans than he's going to be in any of these preseason games. Yeah, it's nice for him to get some snaps and get some, you know, looks again. <laughs> Ludo, sorry. I just saw the comment Misador sent. Uh You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know um, but it's, for me it's mostly, you know, I want to see special teams. I want to see the backup guys. I want to see what they're going to do um, against another team other than their own where they can actually hit and tackle.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, the way the draft went, obviously, that's a huge priority for this team, right? That's the one area they're not yeah. turning over some of those valuable guys. I really want to see Jalen Darden return some kicks, like in live action, like you know what I mean. That's something I'm really looking forward to. Because, uh, guy, you you already talked about a bunch. Mickens to me proved to be very serviceable, especially in that Super Bowl and a couple of those postseason games where I where I thought he was returning the ball quite well. Mm. Something B- Bucks fans have have not been used to over the last decade plus. So. Yeah, Jalen Darden could come in and prove to be effective at the NFL level, returning kicks right away. That'd be a pretty exciting thing um, to see. For me,
3: it's, for me, it's more the how does he do as a punt returner? I yeah. mean, kick returner, you barely you're barely taking kicks out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You're getting more punts, and Mickens was not good in that area. It's six point six yards per attempt. So, I mean, that's why I'm, i I want to see him as a punt returner more as a kick returner. So, hopefully, they make a lot of they make a lot of punts. We so can see him out there.
2: Yeah. Um. I- Jump in here. The running back room, obviously, it's probably going to be a ton of turnover in this during the season. But any early favorites for the being kind of the bell cow for this team?
3: It's Rojo. I mean, he's just the yeah. best runner, pure runner out of the group. I mean, yeah, he's a liability somewhat catching the ball. I mean, he's been all right. Yeah, he's definitely certainly a liability in pass protection. Mm. You know, but as a pure runner, as a guy who's going to be able to turn up the yards and you know and break out on big plays are. Or you know do well you know even against some stacked boxes it's going to be Rojo. There's a reason why they are enamored with with Travis Etienne and would have probably taken him last this year if if he fell to him. Um, you know they're not in love and love with everybody. It'll be interesting to see what happens after the season. But I think you'll see a lot and, and we talked about this on the Friday podcast on Peter Report. It's going to be a lot of I think uh, Rojo and Gio. and Fournette will be sprinkled in here and there and Vaughn will be sprinkled in here and there. But early going so far, Fournette had another drop pass today, which would have oh. been a big gain. So, um, do, you,
2: do you get I, that I, same feeling that you get from the wide receiver room, that, that unselfishness as you get from the, the running back group? Or?
3: Yes and no. I mean, okay. because in the back of my mind, and I know it's last year, and I know you know, you know there's some recency bias about playoff Lenny and Super Bowl Lenny yeah. and Lombardi Lenny, whatever. But, I mean, this is a guy who almost was cut you <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. because he wasn't okay with his role. So how is he gonna be? Is he gonna be okay if he's the third guy up? Yeah. you know that's, that's that,
2: kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah,
3: that's a question, and I'm not sure. You know, especially because he's gonna to want to get paid next year, and if he doesn't have the numbers, if he's not putting up the, if he's if he if Rojo's getting the yards, but Lenny's getting the touchdowns, that might be one thing. But if you know it's not happening either way, and he's not out there on third downs, and now you know he's not out there on short downs because Rojo's a better short down back. To be honest, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I got Rojo being the guy and, you know, Gio probably the second guy. And then, you know, both of those guys sprinkled in to keep people fresh. But I think there will be a lot of rotation because you want to keep everyone fresh until the end of the year. It worked great last year and you had, a you had you know, almost nothing from Keyshawn Vaughn and practically nothing from LaShawn McCoy. Well, now you got a guy in Giovanni Bernard who's going to give you some stuff. And the coaching staff, I'm really high as well. On Giovanni Bernard, uh, I mean, on Keyshawn Vaughn as well. So I think he'll be able to roll in there too. So you'll have you'll have you know all four guys getting some touches to keep everyone healthy, everyone good for the playoffs and for then the the, the you know late season rush because that's the name of the game to stay healthy. So you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to feed someone too much in the beginning of the season to have them wear down. You know,
1: yeah. And it's funny too just comparing and contrasting the, the this this team's crop of running backs versus receivers, the receivers are all proven. And even with a down, a down statistical year, like that wouldn't necessarily sink any sort of, um, any sort of free agency for them going forward or anything like that. Yet these running backs all have stuff to prove, right? Like, you know, Ronald Jones has been benched by Arians for Like you said, as has been cut, He was the fourth pick. Jacksonville gave up on him. Like there's still a lot more, clawing aspect I would say to them as opposed to these receivers. Just, you know, Bo when you bring up that question about what the uh what the what the room is like, right? It's just probably a completely different dynamic between those two sets of between those two groups on the same side of the ball.
3: Yeah, and I don't know how you guys don't laugh in the comments because they're <laughs> kind of cracking up. But um yeah, I mean they they got chips on their shoulders, right? I mean yeah, look yeah. at a guy like Leonard Fournette who was cut, you know, and then he was you know the the guy, the odd man out last year. You know almost, you know he's he wants to go out there and perform. He wants to go out there and improve. You got a guy like Rojo who's never had a thousand yard season. Who's in a contract here. Both of these guys are in contract. All three of these guys are in yeah, contract here. That's, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> exactly. You got Gio who who's with the Bungles for the forever. You know he <laughs> wants he wants a taste of that for that championship ring. So you know all these guys have chips on their shoulders and. It's just how they're going to carry those chips and if it's gonna let them affect you know, running back I think is one of the more diva ish positions sometimes. I know wide receivers get made out to be. Um but because of the shortness of a running back's career, for the most part, they've got to do what they can. They've got to be vocal. They got to get their touches. They got to get their, you know, yeah. their things. They got to get their contracts because a they're not that big usually compared to other positions, and they're not that long, and yeah. the wheels start to fall off a lot quicker. Najee Harris, you know, him going back for that senior year, I know had a lot of teams kind of like, oh, how long are we going to get out of this guy? Four or five years, or uh, you know, can we re-sign him afterwards if we're running him into the ground even more? So. I mean, it's 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 difficult to figure out, you know, that whole scheme of things. The good thing is, I think that this locker room is strong enough to withstand anything. You know, both of those guys start going off. I'm comfortable with you and Keyshawn Vaughn leading the way. <laughs> we we'll bring back T.J. Logan or C.J. Pro What <laughs> you know? You know, not, I mean, it's just the the way it is. I mean, so um, both of these guys, I think, could be starters somewhere else. They're both going to be in a um in in a rotation so we'll see how it goes
0: well josh you have been extremely generous with your time and i can't thank you enough for that man it was nice to to finally get you on here and absolutely uh, have any parting words for uh the bucks report audience whether it's a hater or a fan you know you got them all right here at bucks report
3: hey you know if if i've got a couple haters on here i gotta figure out how to get a couple more right you know so there you go my man but to everyone uh everyone i see like misador and christopher cole and everybody else obviously my beautiful wife happy anniversary um hey
1: congratulations six years strong wow there you go congrats congrats man Uh,
3: so you know i you know i appreciate all y'all you know you guys know my story starts here so um, appreciate everybody over there. appreciate you guys. Definitely would love to come back on again if you have me. i um, not going to promote too hard, but there's my Twitter below me right here, at NFL. Follow me there. Follow all of my work. I've got a bunch of great articles out. Uh, we've got a bunch of great articles out on the site. So definitely check that out. But other than that, guys, it was a pleasure. Uh, whether I do this on here or whether we do it off air or something like that, I'm definitely down to chop it up with you guys for sure um it's been a great time on here as always on this platform but other than that i'm gonna go spend time some some time with my wife and put the kids to sleep
1: there you <laughs> go man thanks so much good thanks absolutely
3: yeah you, buddy
1: all right have a good one thank you another great
0: guest on the bucks banter podcast love wow. to be it yeah uh Who,
1: love to I'm ready to it. run through a wall for that guy for the bucks i like whole like seriously though could you have asked for a first of all, just better reporting? And second of all, just w- Colin, what else would you have possibly wanted to get from that as a fan? Seriously, yeah,
0: extremely informative. It's funny, I, I got a hater in the comments here. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to read the comment because I don't want to give it any airtime, but it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you don't appreciate firsthand observations from Bucks training camp and super detailed analysis of position battles from an objective view, then yeah, maybe that it, we are, uh, we are clowns and maybe that's not this isn't the place for you what uh a word of advice that i got
2: from Jameis winston keep working on y'all podcasts so. <laughs> yeah exactly there, we'll see there. you out there we'll see you in this media stuff.
0: <laughs> there it is but yeah that was great stuff man like we pretty much covered the preseason just in general which was one of the things that we wanted to hit on um awesome stuff from from jca we've been getting some really good updates regarding bucks training camp i feel like we've got a front row seat so hopefully uh, most of the viewers and listeners are appreciating that as well oh yeah between Um, him
1: and evan these last two just incredible stuff so
0: yeah for sure um the the the
1: dichotomy
2: between the wide receivers and the running backs just and it just kind of speaks to where this where the league is going to where you can kind of tell right like if you're a wide receiver, the league has never been a better place. You're just yeah. passing the ball all the time. Yeah. You're, getting, you're making mistakes, but you have a chance to make up for those mistakes. Whereas, like, I could just see these running backs being at each other's throats. Lenny Fournette going into camp, just being in the third spot. There's no way he's happy with that. Like,
0: I, I just almost, can't imagine. I'm almost a little surprised to hear that, because like, it seemed like a pretty definitive stance. Like, or, Yeah. Um, be- just because of... Bruce being that, like, loyal guy and Fournette rallying the troops, I feel like it would kind of be his touches to lose in a lot of ways. But what but what, uh, what Josh said is totally true, and that is um, Rojo is the most talented runner, naturally. Like, you know what I mean? L- Leonard Fournette isn't separating himself that much as a pass catcher. He was certainly serviceable uh, in the postseason, more than enough to get the job done. But bringing in a guy like Gio Bernard and then obviously the emergence of Keyshawn Vaughn, hopefully having, like, a... Actual rookie season where he can get on the field a little bit more. Uh, he's able to catch the ball. So you know, like you, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle between those guys. And at that position, kind of like that. Yeah, totally. I
1: for just, sure. Like, it's like, nice that.
2: to have options too, right? Uh,
1: so. and that—that that was the overarching theme for me for the whole Bucks. Well, uh, training camp and upcoming season. Just the flexibility and the versatility that they're going to have on offense and defense is just. Uh, unmatched, like he's going over the tight ends, and you know, say what you will about OJ Howard, and you know, maybe a little bit injury prone, injury prone, a little bit underwhelming. He's freaking good, man, and I like Cameron bright and Gronk is Gronk, and that's just at the tight end spot.
0: And Brady likes Cameron Brate. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, and and if their defense is because I, I kept wanting just you know, JC was talking, just they're clearly even going to be able to play even more free this year and more just playing and not thinking and and getting to react and just go and do what you have to do, which is how you need to be to play defense at the highest level, right? You can't be thinking about every single step that you're making. You just do it. You just go. And that sounded like it came through quite clear, like that's what's happening, and uh, guys are stepping up. They're playing against a great offense. The offense is playing against a great defense. It's just... hey sounds like a great situation and yeah I don't know that made me super pumped for the season yeah I,
0: I would have liked to ask a little more specifically about KJ Britt and Grant Stewart who are who are Grant Stewart of course Mr. Irrelevant KJ Britt uh, I believe was fifth or sixth rounder uh, at Auburn linebacker he's likely to make the team I guess but I like, I'm excited to see how those guys perform. Like, you can't really tell just like on special teams necessarily, but yeah, someone will get us the clips of them and we'll, we'll see how they fare because that's the area where they need to contribute if they have any hope of making the team. Um, because you know, Bucks are pretty set at the linebacker position, uh, for the most part. So that will be interesting. Lots and lots of good Bucks content, um, that I love. Uh, In terms of some, like, division rivals here, you know, things aren't so peachy over uh, in the bayou for the New Orleans Saints. I'm not sure uh, whether any of the viewers or listeners or any of you guys saw. Michael Thomas tweeted today. So just to provide a little bit of context, uh, it was reported over the weekend or tail end of last week that – because Michael Thomas has has just recently undergone surgery on his ankle or his foot or whatever, and he's going to miss a chunk of the start of the regular season. Um, And everyone was kind of like, what? Like, why is this just being announced now? Why is this just happening now? Um, And the report came out stating that uh, Michael Thomas had all but just ghosted the New Orleans um, medical staff and just everyone when they were trying to kind of, I guess, get this sorted out. Uh, So so ultimately, the New Orleans Saints in a media statement make it seem like, you know, Michael Thomas ghosted them. That's the only reason we are not stupid or whatever. Um and then Michael Thomas responded today uh, via Twitter. He said they tried they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. So um, important important to
2: note he wrote that in comic sans as well too. So <laughs> oh that's that's where his uh
1: one of the uh, more passive level aggressive maturity. yeah, of level of
2: maturity was that. Yeah. yeah. One comic- of the more
1: passive aggressive fonts out there, really. Yeah,
0: Seriously. comic sans should be the just like a, a segment title for any time we talk about the saints. <laughs> yeah. comics oh here's Jameis Winston news on comic sans yeah <laughs> um Sean, comic Payton, sans. <laughs> Sean, Sean Payton declined comment on the matter uh probably a good decision uh but I just gotta say like Michael Thomas man this last last 12 months has not been kind to to him uh you don't see his name mentioned when we're talking top receivers in the game going into last season he was like a bonafide top five receiver uh, an incredible player I totally have to say like he's he's a uh, Hard-nosed, talented football player. And him and Drew Brees had a great connection, um, at least on the field. But um, what's going on here is not ideal for the player or the franchise. And I just can't see this possibly going well. I smell a trade request or something in the air on the horizon. not sure what you guys think about the whole Michael Thomas situation.
1: That did not look good. And not just because of the font. That sounded like... He was really trying to get something off of his chest that uh, you know he had been buried and thinking about for a while. I don't know. I I got to be honest. I didn't quite realize the level of um, discontent or you know issue between Thomas and the and the Saints before kind of doing a little bit of digging today. And I don't know, Colin. I'm with you. Like um, it's not good. A trade request seems likely, and then. You know, no Drew Brees. I don't know exactly where he's at with the quarterback situation, but that's something completely different than he's had in his career with with the Saints, right? It's, uh, I mean, what an absolute superstar superstar on the market if it becomes uh, if becomes known that he's um, you know he's he's ready to be traded, right?
0: Yeah, I'd be totally comfortable doing a whole episode on uh, Michael Thomas trade hypotheticals. Just talk about the Saints losing their uh, most talented wide receiver. <laughs> would have a problem with that either
2: yeah yeah no so feeling. i'm just looking up his contract and i would normally like i just because i just had a sneaking suspicion he was going to be up soon so yeah he's got a potential out in 2022 so most likely he just gets cut at the end wow, of the season that would be wild yeah which is yeah the sweepstakes between michael thomas and Devonte adams both being free agents possibly this year this uh offseason would be pretty unreal
0: Uh, yeah, well said, Bo. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so also one of my personal favorite players in the league, um, Saquon Barkley was a participant at practice today. So we had touched on Saquon briefly. Um, I think we all appreciate his ability and we all want to see him on the field. I tweeted out today, um, you know, the NFL is better, is a better place, a better product when Saquon Barkley is running the football. Um, so that's good to see, you know what I mean? Um, the football doc on Twitter, he met, he, he likes to break down um, injuries just from his vantage point on on film and kind of give a real take. And I guess he's not like super optimistic, but I mean, I don't really care. Like if you're on the field, that's a good sign. And hopefully Saquon can start the year um, as the, you know, getting the ball, playing playing the game because look forward to watching him run. And really, you know, we've talked about the preseason. We've talked about training camp. We've talked about the Hall of Fame inductees. We've talked about everything we promised we would. And I think now is a good time for us to ride off into the sunset uh, until our next episode. So I just want to send out a heartfelt thank you to everyone who chimed in, whether good or bad uh, in the chat this evening. Uh, Your participation is essential and we appreciate it greatly. Uh, And please make sure to hit us up, follow us on YouTube or like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, That stuff helps us out a great deal. Um, As you can see, Captain Ron is Scott. Bono's ball is Bo. And we are all collectively Bucks Banter. And we are, again, thankful for having you participate. And we'll catch you on the flip side for the next episode of the Bucks Banter Podcast.
1: Please, Thanks, everyone.